Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Cincinnati, Ohio. One more hour and I'll be home. Close my eyes and rest my bones. Can't be more than a mile or so from Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight we have some new blood on the podcast. We got Chris joining us. Chris, how are you doing tonight? Doing just fine, Coop. How are you tonight? I am just dandy. So oh, I love it when you like. <laughs> so the Reds spring training is rolling right along. Uh, game number three is actually going on right now. We're recording on Wednesday night. Um, but last night was an interesting game. Hunter Green took the mound for the Cincinnati spring training Red Legs. And his first three pitches last night, 101, 102, and 103. That'll play. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) he did get hit around a little bit. Uh, Jose Iglesias actually took him deep. And then uh, they rolled the inning. He only got the the two outs. That's a spring training rule where a pitcher gets a certain amount of pitches, then the team is like, (laughs) that's enough. Let's just call this an inning. Uh, it happened earlier tonight in the Reds-Dodgers game, and it happened. I think it happened again at the end of the inning, at the end of the game last night, because they played the bottom of the eighth, even though the Reds were leading, and the Angels just called it off. But Hunter Green, I thought, looked excellent. I don't care how many hits he gave up or he gave up a home run. First spring training outing, and he's popping 103. That got me a little excited. How'd that hit you, Chris? Well, Coop, I, I want to be real honest with the twelves of listeners were tens, not twelves, tens. Say that I tens. Oh man, yeah. I guess Phil's not listening tonight, is he? Shout out to Phil. <laughs> Shout out to Phil. Anyways, uh, I, I honestly I did not see the game. Uh, the one oh one hundred and one to one oh three to me isn't necessarily uh, the be all end all. His problem's always been he's got a very straight fastball. And in modern day baseball, a fastball doesn't carry you like it did even five, ten years ago. So I'd like to know, did as opposed to last year, for what little we have from 2020? Uh, I mean, there were people complaining that he was throwing a straight fastball. Um, I'm willing to, you know, first outing, maybe maybe that's something they work on in a in the bullpen. Uh, just to, I don't know, maybe just change the grip a little bit, get a little run on the fastball. It might... Even if it costs him a mile per hour or two, uh, if he if he could develop like a cutter or something, that would be amazing to go with his fastball and his breaking pitches. But he looked every bit the part of, I mean, maybe not. Well, and honestly, with the in-house help, if anybody can do it. All right. And I, I mean, I don't think he'll break the break with the club for opening day, obviously. But he showed enough promise that I was like, all right. This kid's gonna be for real when he when he gets here. He's gonna be here to stay. Yeah, and he's always been that type of player. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He was drafted out of high school. Yeah, uh, he's only twenty. So, I mean, there's obviously. Oh wow! See, for some, he, he, the age runs up on you. <laughs> but uh, I could the uh, the fact that he's only twenty one, and like I said, with the the coaches we have, Kabodi and everybody in house. Hopefully we keep them past next year. If anybody can do it, it's them. Uh, you know, I do worry uh, about the Chapman Iglesias route, but that was under different, uh, you know, stewardship. So it's like with so many things this off season, I feel like we just kind of have to powers that be and hope we're see they're seeing something that we aren't. Yeah, uh, I. I saw some people talking about maybe bringing up for the bullpen, and I, I just, I'd rather him just develop as a starter. We've seen, we saw what happened with Aroldis Chapman. Um, he, he would have been a dynamite starter, but that, that didn't pan out because they brought him up and he, he learned to like closing. And I mean, 
he got paid well for it, so it, it's hard to fault him. But uh, the Reds brought him up almost, I don't want to say a gimmick when they did, because they were in the playoff hunt. But I would have rather they have kept him as a starter. But anyway, Hunter Green. For sure. Uh- <laughs> Hunter Green, though, I I definitely would keep him as a starter. I don't want... I don't want him to go to the bullpen for a couple of reasons. One, you get more innings as a starter, so that stuff will play for a longer. Uh, you're more effective when you're pitching, you know, six, seven innings than when you're pitching one. And, you know, he he will get to bat. And he was a really good shortstop when he was in high school, in addition to being an amazing pitcher. So he he doesn't have a he won't be a wet noodle with the bat. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I for sure, for sure. And that and that kind of goes back into the conversation of uh you know, over specialization in the game. I would love to see someone like him, you know, maybe go in Otani route. Also, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just some asshole from uh from Indiana. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if if there if the DH was still around in the National League, I could see maybe a game or two where he could DH if he showed enough with the bat, if they gave him the opportunity. First. I mean, he he can't <laughs> can't be any worse than some of the guys they ran out there last year as DH, like Mark Payton or Travis Jankowski or I don't know. Uh, I, I'm personally thinking of one starting day shortstop. Well, let's talk about shortstop. <laughs> Alex Blandino is playing tonight, and he just grounded out as we talked. But Kyle Farmer has gotten a couple hits. He still, I think, hate liking people's tweets on Twitter that are talking <laughs> bad about him. It's no offense, not personal, but the Reds still need a shortstop. I understand that the Reds aren't going to do anything about it unless – there's a Scooter Jeanette situation at the end of spring training where somebody gets released or designated for assignment and the Reds stomp on them. Scooter Jeanette, who was good for a couple of years, really good, and then just flamed completely out and is out of baseball now. But I don't I don't know. When you I think it was Wick Terrell from Red Reporter who earlier tonight asked how many of the Dodgers spring training shortstops would be the starting shortstop for the Reds tonight or on opening day. And it's probably like six or seven of them. (laughs) They've got (laughs) a ton of shortstops and they also would have six or seven of the starting shortstops on 25 of the other clubs too. That's true. Gavin Lux. I'd love (laughs) to somehow get Gavin Lux, but that's, that's a pipe dream. But at least we got Shepard, right? Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. We got, uh, (laughs) We got um, Kyle Holder, though. Hey, <laughs> all right. Uh, we got Max Schrock. Hey. We got this you know, guy, and, Errol and, Robinson. Oh, yeah. No, no, me and him are cousins. <laughs> I didn't even, I've never, <laughs> I gotta say, I've never heard of Errol Robinson. I'm sorry, Errol. No. Number 93. I'm sure he's, a, <laughs> hey, I'm sure he's a very nice young man, but at the end of the day, I would, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here. If there were surgeries involved, do we not just see Jose Garcia out there? Um, I think I, I don't know if his service time clock already started because of last year. I don't know what the rules yeah, are see. with last year with the whole shortened season. See, um, I think the the issue was with the shortened season is that there was some arbitrary date that was uh, brought up that was the new service time clock. I okay. could be a hundred percent wrong though. Last year was just so weird. It's hard to, I would almost wish MLB would just wipe all service time from last year for the young guys. Um, although they would want that, it would be more for the team's benefit. So, you know, anyway, right. I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure how, especially with arbitration. I'm not sure you're talking about a potential super two, but the season didn't start till what would have been well past the super two. Day. I don't know. That's for smarter people no, than me it, to decide. 
Um, so I'm not the smarter people. If, if that's why anybody <laughs> tuned in tonight, uh, if they've read my tweet, they know that I'm not the smarter people. But I, I, I genuinely wonder if uh, all the contract stuff aside, would the Reds be better off putting Garcia in opening day, sink or swim, just to see, you know, I mean, because last year there were so many things that were different. He went from even in in single A being able to watch batting or excuse me, film to not such a big part of the game that, you know, that amongst many other things, would it be better to just run him out there? I think that he would have to really show something with the bat in spring training for them to do that. I think they're dead set on him getting time at whether it's triple A or double A, because he skipped both. Because uh, last year, obviously, there was no minor league season, and he started at Prasco Park, uh, where it was basically glorified scrimmages and batting practice and bullpen sessions. So I think he would have to absolutely tear it up at the plate for them to consider that. Right now, it's probably a race between D. Strange Gordon and Kyle Farmer. Uh, I don't. Alex Blandino gets on base better than both of those guys. I don't know if they're going to give him a shot. And then Kyle Holder is a Rule Five pick. Who, I mean, honestly, I don't see him making the team. I see, I see him going back to the. I think it's the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. And this is all that, dependent on. I mean, at the end of spring training, there's going to be week, guys. Uh, Beard tells you he came from the Yankees. Yeah, there's going to be guys <laughs> that get released at the end of spring training. So I'm hoping. If there's somebody who can, you know, wield a bat decently, can take a walk, and can pick it at a decent level, that if that the Reds would jump on him. And shout out to Kyle Farmer, but I just think he gets exposed if you start him every day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've already seen it. You know, Kyle Farmer goes from one of the the best pieces to have on a bench to the worst starting shortstop. It's guys like him are almost like a mirage in the league. You know, they, they do hold their place, but it, once they're taken out of it, Chris Heisey, that's what exactly who I was thinking of was Chris Heisey. He's he, he would tear it up when he would pinch hit. He'd hit I don't know how many pinch hit homers he hit that one year, like three or four. And then when he got his opportunity, he stunk it up. And he's, I think he's out of baseball too. And that's the thing is, we got Josh Osich on the mound. I have no idea who that is. He's got a beard. Uh, hey, he's lefty. He can be trusted. He's he's <laughs> he's a lefty. He's got a beard. He can be trusted. Uh, I actually have two kids. Uh, I will give at least one of them to him. <laughs> Uh, I apologize. Uh, there was there was an article that I showed or that I saw the other day where I think it was Osich was supposed to be one of the most underrated players as far as I think it was XBA. And I was like, I looked him up because I remember he was on the San Francisco Giants and I looked him up and found out he was on the Reds and I felt a little bit better about <laughs> what we're doing. Yeah, he well, he got he got a fly out in his first first batter. So anyway, um, perfect. Another bit of news that came out, uh, either it was either early, late yesterday or earlier today, Jonas Cespedes, former athletic, former Met, former Tiger, I don't know if he's played for anybody else, but he's at least played for those three teams. He, Red Sox. Oh, he played for the Red Sox, too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for like a month and a half. Huh. Well, how about that? But uh, So he is unsigned right now. <laughs> And he had a tryout uh, the other day that 11, 11 teams showed up for, and the Reds were one of them. Now, he's 35. He's coming off of a couple of just absolutely injury-ravaged ra- seasons. Wild boars. Wild boars. What? <laughs> yeah, you gotta <laughs> you got to watch those wild boars. They'll come and get you. But... When he has played, he he produces. His last full season was 2016, though. Uh, last year, I think he opted out after a couple of games, and then he was hurt for a lot of 2017 and 2018. But in 2016, 
he put up 136 OPS plus and slugged 530. I mean, he he was productive again, but that was, I mean, you're talking about five years ago going on. Is it worth even making an offer to him? And who do you sit if you sign him? Because if you sign him, you're signing him to play every day. Well, and that's been the big question of the offseason is, is there going to be a DH in the National League? Uh, For some reason, there's still people rumoring about that it might happen last minute. I don't see that happening because I I think I know things. (laughs) But (laughs) if if there was a DH and whether it teams every year that if they just signed up these low-level free agents, they could have a, a you know puncher's chance at at least making the playoffs. So had there been a DH, yes, they should have gone after him. But if not, let's think of it this way. Would you go back, if you hadn't seen Joey Votto since the end of 2016, would you give him a $5 million, $5 million bucks for a year? Joey Votto, yes, because he gets on base. Fair enough. Uh, now, obviously, Cespedes no. doesn't get on base anywhere near as much as Votto, uh, but he does. He's he he will take a walk. I mean, he will strike out, obviously, like a lot of power hitters. But mm-hmm. he'll take a walk. He gets on base. He gets on base a lot better than some of the guys the Reds are running out there. <laughs> now, the only way it would make sense for me, one, you're talking. I mean, the guy is 35. He coming off injuries it would have to be like a i'm talking like two or three million dollars tops for a one-year deal a prove-it deal and if if there's a concern about where to play him i know that shogo akiyama has not been in camp for a while i think since right after they reported with a what they're just calling a personal issue i don't know what that is yeah so I mean, is it a question that he might not be ready for the beginning of the season if how long depending on how long he's out? But then you're talking you're not you're not moving Castellanos out of right. You would you would probably play Cespedes in left if you signed him with Senzel in center, but then that leaves Jesse Winker on the bench. But but once again and whether you put Cespedes in the field or not, to me, the DH does change everything. Right. Because then you can make the DH the rotating of who's playing first, plus either Winker or Vado, or, you know, whoever it is off the bench. Let's act like Bell isn't going to put Farmer in there two times a week at DH. Well, a DH solves that problem with, I would just plug Winker in as DH in that situation if you sign Cespedes. Again, I think the chances of that are, you know, 0.001%. I just don't see the Reds doing it, but the fact that they were there meant that they had enough interest to see what he had. So it makes it it worth talking about and it makes it intriguing to think about, but I mean, I mean, at one point, he was a great player. Now, that was, again, four or five years ago, but he was a great player. And if he is healthy and can produce, yeah, you take a look at people like that. You'd be dumb not to. Of course. And and maybe that's the overarching point that, as Reds fans, we should take. How many times since Dennis Reyes was pitching for us have we heard about player X and player Y had a tryout and the red like they weren't there. Yeah. They just, now I'm good. We're the reds. We have players here, so we're good. <laughs> right. And one of them is Mark Payton. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Travis Jankowski has gone though. So shout out to the hippie, but, well, who's we gonna start and left then? I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's another another player. Yeah, that, that, to me, that's the point. Yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead, please. No, no, I'm just saying that it's worth at least looking to see what he's got in the tank. And if you decide not to, that's fine. If you decide to try signing him to like a either a minor league deal, which he probably wouldn't take, or like a 
one year prove it deal, I'd be fine with that too. That's David okay. Bell's job yeah. to juggle the lineup after at that point. Exactly, and hopefully because of the. That's the same reason you were about to segue to another player, but if I may, yeah, why are we not taking a look at Yasiel Puig? Well, there's some off the field issues there. He was accused of rape in the off season. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Oh shit. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Uh, don't. Never mind. Uh, what did you say earlier? We can edit this out. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> he was gonna sign with the Braves last year. He got COVID, and then they like backed out of it. I'm thinking that the reason they backed out of it wasn't because of COVID, but because of this accusation that happened later on in 2020. I would stay st- far, far away from that. I would sail for safer waters in that situation. Yes. Um, plus, he's represented by Rachel Luba, who is Trevor Bauer's girlfriend, and... She had some comments the other day, taking shots at the Reds. Oh. I don't know. I'm just not interested in giving her money. Anyway. Uh, she endures the Reds through me, right? <laughs> and so I was explaining the whole Trevor Bauer and his agent and the relationship. And she just stared at me with her mouth open. I'm pretty sure she drooled, and it sure as hell ain't because I'm pretty. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's yeah. that's insane, and I appreciate you letting me know that. Uh, yeah, it's, best it's all parties involved. It's not, uh, uh, yeah, it's not been widely reported, but yeah, unfortunately, that's out there. Uh, another player that's not really getting talked about much, but Jonathan India is in camp and. He's been playing third base, which has been his native position, but I don't think he's been talked up enough about a potential shortstop. Now, people got down on him because of a couple of bad years in AA. Bad is a relative term. He was still decent. He also was battling injuries most of that time, and he's fully healthy now. He grew out his hair, so he's the Travis Jankowski of the team now, but still. <laughs> I, honestly, I think if he shows something with the bat in the spring, he might not break the camp as a starter, but if he shows enough, I think you could make a case for him being kind of like a super utility guy to start the season. I don't see it happening, one, because the Reds are just dead set on not starting anybody's clock before they have to. And two, they they would rather roll with the Kyle Holders and D. Strange Gordons of the world for some reason. That You know, got to have that veteran presence, I guess. Go ahead. Well, how can, how can you say I understand they want to hold their service clock for some players and then wonder why we're holding other players? I mean, they go hand in hand. <laughs> well, I mean, that... Okay, as as far as India goes, I 1,000% agree with you. India is Kyle Farmer the way Kyle's, Kyle Farmer's mom looks at him. You know what I mean? He's got the potential. And yes, he had a couple bad years, but he never had contact issues. It was never strikeout issues. It was injuries. And you could... See Coming out of Florida, they looked at him as the kind of guy who might not be a superstar, but he's he's a guy that you can put in the middle of your lineup, and whether it's 25 home runs or 30 home runs or whatever the other counting stats may be, he's going to be a solid bat in the middle of the lineup. And I completely agree with you and that they should be looking harder into him but I think that's another, like you said. Yeah, and I know one of the disappointments that people have had with India is that they thought he was gonna that his metal, uh, his you know aluminum bat power was gonna translate to the wooden bat, and it hasn't so far. But I'm gonna give him a break on that because of the injuries that he's had. Um, give him a full year in AAA if you're not gonna, you know, if if he does. Let's just say he just has a 
a pedestrian spring training and he starts in AAA, give him an opportunity to play every day against better pitching while he's fully healthy, and then we can see what we've got instead of, I say we, you know, like I'm on the Reds, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's people that have like given up on him for some reason, and I'm just not ready to do that. He's still got talent. Let's just get him healthy, which he is now. Let him play every day in Louisville, and let's just see what let's just see what we got. And if he flames out, he flames out. He wouldn't be the first Reds first round draft pick that flamed out. For sure. And, and what's what sucks is that all teams know that he's not going to be the last either. But yeah. I agree that at 24 years old, given his injury, I would much rather worry about his injury history once he's made the team and proving his bat than not give him the chance because of it. Well, and say he goes down to AAA and tears it up for a couple months. Bring him up. What What are we going to lose? Right. I mean, you're most people are predicting I mean, the Reds to finish. We've already got two catchers. Yeah. The Reds are being predicted to finish fourth in the division. So if this isn't a season for competing based on their offseason, the Reds probably don't believe that either. Then what's the harm? And if, if he's producing down there, bring him up. See what you got. Throw him in a shortstop. Oh, oh yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, him or uh, uh, Blandino, you know, the idea that we've gone out and fortified the position the way we have and this is the decisions we're make, making, it, that's where, as a, as a fan, I feel like I have to hope that my team knows more than I do, which 1,000%, they know more than I do. Once again, just a dumb guy from Indiana. <laughs> and they're obviously not going to try Senzel again at short. Uh, David Bell said that, uh, I think it was last week, that he's a center fielder, period. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I I know it was a couple spring trainings ago that he was given a shot at, at shortstop. And for whatever reason, they didn't like what they saw. And that has, like, put the death knell in him ever playing shortstop for some reason. He played third base at Tennessee. He's very athletic, obviously. He's playing center field. I mean, I, I don't see the problem with giving him a shot, but the Reds do, so that I think that ship has sailed. For sure. And, and at some point that might come back to the idea that he's become so specialized towards center field. A play that I don't think anybody... It sure shit. Not anybody on this podcast can uh, attribute to being able to do themselves. You know, with that being said, I would as easily see Suarez at short. Like that's how little I'm worried about the defense because there are no shifts on the ba- or excuse me, no rules on the shift. So we we've negated most of that issue. So it can't be a fielding issue. It's a personnel issue, and that logic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I mean, Suarez came up as a shortstop. He played shortstop for the Reds his first season here. So I don't, I don't think that he would have as rough a transition as some people would make it out to be. He just doesn't have the range, and mm-hmm. I mean, he'll catch what you get. He gets to. He he does have the occasional throwing error, but I mean, I would live with it if that meant getting another bat in the lineup. Whether throw. it's a, whether it's India playing third, or you move Mustakis to third, and you put uh, Sinzel or India at second, or somebody else at second, if it's getting you another bat in the lineup, I'd be for it. it, it I completely agree. The God, this just sounds like I'm not trying to dive into questions too soon, but I feel like you've pulled your hamstring and I'm pulling it too. But Hello. I, I completely agree <laughs> <laughs> is that at the end of the day, if you're worried about the defense with Suarez at short, give Sinzel third. You can you can shift your way out of almost any uh, defensive issues. The idea that they're so beholden to him being uh, a center fielder while also getting Akiyama is 
that's just David Bell wanting to they play know more than I spoonie. do. Yeah, well, I don't just, think they do. That's just David Bell wanting to play knifey spoony with lefty, righty matchups. Mm-hmm. I, I think Shogo Akiyama, if given the chance, would hit left-handed pitchers well enough that you wouldn't have to worry about platooning him, and he would be an everyday player. It's just, you know, last year was just so off the wall crazy. I don't hold bad stats against anyone. TJ Friedel almost went yard, but he fouled out to the almost to the pole. Anyway, but that was a good transition to the listener questions. Love Friedel. I love watching that. Fair enough. Uh, oh no, he's still alive. The guy dropped it. He it bounced off the fence and then he caught it. Anyway, nice. <laughs> Whoever that is and left for the Dodgers, I have no idea. It's some minor leader. Also, also tell me that's not the most TJ Friedel hit ever. <laughs> it, it bounced off the wall and no one was there to. Well, there was somebody there to catch it. Oh, no, it, yeah, it came out of the guy's glove and it <laughs> hit the wall, but he was in foul territory. So he just gets to have another one two pitch. Anyway. Yeah. So. And, and then and then Friedel's going to hit 390 in AAA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if he does, that'd be fine with me. Hey, I need seven outfielders. They had four last year and didn't do <laughs> it, didn't do much. Anyway, so earlier this week, I sent out the uh, signal for some listener questions using the hashtag Michael Jared Lorenzen. Kyle Kapler had the first uh, question. He asked, uh, using the hashtag Michael Jared Lorenzen, now that Trevor Bauer is gone, who now has the most punchable face on the team? Hmm. That's a tough one. Because that, Trevor Bauer, to me, was the red I disliked the most. And there wasn't a close second. Just because he's a jerk. And I don't want to get all into it. But punchable face. Who you got? All right. For me, this was real easy. Very simple. Straight forward and I also understand that I'm wrong for centering all of my uh, vitriol towards this person uh, but Bob Castellini is already oh, yeah. red and bloated how are the cops going to prove I did it I know people are like you can't punch an old man I could, yeah you can punch Bob Castellini uh, I'm with uh, you he would punch me if it came down to a player see I don't think there's any players <laughs> that I would want to punch on this team not, you know, just because, I mean, I don't see any of them as being enormous pricks like Trevor Bauer was. So let's go with Bob. I yeah. like that. That's let's a good go one. with Bob. Let's go with Bob. <laughs> Hunt for Kevin Outhouse had the next question. Hashtag Michael Jared Lorenzen. If you could eliminate one person from society, who would it be? Man, we're talking about punching people and taking people out. I, I have two questions in on people. We're two questions. I have in. that effect on people. You know, I can't help it. They see the beard. They think I'm uh, real aggressive. Uh, turns out I'm just a huge pussy. So please don't hit me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think I want to really kill anyone. Yeah, for uh, the one person. Well, no, 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 no. He said eliminate, not kill. Okay, so like they would just like go off to like solitary confinement or something. Whatever, whatever. Not killing somebody, but them not being here is for you. That's what I got happens. you. Who you got then? Uh, well, there's this guy named Bob Castellini. I don't know <laughs> if we've talked about him before. <laughs> there's there's so many. There there's there's so many, and I feel like I'm some. I don't want to say. There's you know eight of the twelve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's some easy answers you could throw out there, whether they're politicians or people people don't like, but I'm going to go with Jim Edmonds. Ooh, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck Jim Edmonds. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I, I put I put him right in there with Luba. I mean, just to openly talk shit. It's not that... You talk shit about the Reds. It's kind of about the they talk shit about the Reds, but it's that you thought you were getting away with it. 
Nope. <laughs> nope. So Josh has the next question here. Hashtag my Michael Jared Lorenzen. What in the fresh hell are these rolling innings in spring training? I feel as though I've been cheated at live baseball. It's spring training. Uh, it's early spring training. Uh, they're just not wanting to overtax people, th- making them throw more than like 30 pitches in an inning. So once we, the first couple weeks of spring training, it doesn't bother me. I mean, half the time at the end of games, it's guys who are never going to see the major leagues anyway. They're in the game. Um, it's just a way to manage workload. It, I don't really have a problem with it. I I want to like the baseball fan in me wants. I feel it in my. That being said, yes, it is just a. It's just an exhibition, you yeah. know. We're we're all getting warmed up out here. Hell, I still can't make it through a whole game. Like I can't do that shit until June. It has nothing to do with my alcoholism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's spring training. Oh, somebody just went deep and gone. Oh, tell me it was Kyle Farmer. No, oh, he will be my favorite player if it was. Whoever number eighty-two is. Oh yeah, Grion, Grulon, Grion, that guy. He went deep. Anyway, <laughs> wait, was I supposed to keep the illusion up that I have this game because I'm not paying for MLB? It's on. Oh yeah, it's on. MLB. Agree to the terms and service. Yeah, it's Grion. I don't. He won't be on the team. Anyway, so Doug, <laughs> Doug Gray had the next question. Hashtag Michael Jared Lorenzen. Why is Phil Razor the worst. We could be on here for an hour explaining why Phil Razor is the worst. I have to be at work by eight tomorrow, so we can't start this. I'm Phil is the worst for multiple reasons. Mainly because Go ahead, please. Gonna, I'm waiting. Because tonight, instead of coming on the podcast, he decided he needed to sleep. He's an hour behind where he is, so it's not like it's late for him. He just decided to be a little punk. So that's why he's the worst tonight. That's just tonight. There's other days where he's the worst for other reasons. I, I mean, I agree. And I I want all of the dozen of you listening to understand. I sent Mr. Razor a direct message. The kids call them DMs. And I, I asked him very kindly. I said, hey, I hope you're doing okay. A little stroking the hair emoji, and you know, I said, I I just hate the way that all these hooligans talk about you. So I was really hoping you would be on the podcast tonight, so that I could, you know, stick up for you, because you're a good guy. No matter how much of a creep you look like in all your pictures, no matter how <laughs> weird all the hats you wear are, coming from a guy who owns. 37 Cincinnati Reds hats that's saying something the way that you are so nice to me when we talk in public but then when I hit you up in the direct messages you almost didn't marry my wife because of those those things that's why you're the worst oh we just had another rollover inning while we were talking oh no oh no and that's Phil's fault too way to go Phil (laughs) Phil I love you thank you for being so nice to me online Next question comes from Wick Terrell from Red Reporter, and this is going to be a very specific subset of listeners that are going to get this. Who would have sucked more dingers in GABP as a Red? 22 or Derek Smith? 22 is Jared Lorenzen. Derek Smith was another guy who played football and basketball. I don't know if they played baseball at Highlands in Fort Thomas. Then they both went on to Kentucky. Derek Smith didn't last very long, and then Jared Lorenzen went on to become a a football legend. I actually played against both of them, and they whooped our asses. So old I am. But who would have sucked more dingers? I'm going to go with Jared Lorenzen um, just because of the heft. And he was athletic enough. I mean, I I watched him dunk in a basketball game in high school. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Jared Lorenzen. R.I.P. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, he's Oh, dead. God, I was about to be a real asshole. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, oh <laughs> man, thanks. All right, refresh me on the other name, because I'm picking that guy now. Derek Smith, he... Uh... Oh, Derek Smith, he... <laughs> Jump a building Superman looked him in the eye as they passed and said, oh, there's two of me now. So Derek Smith. Okay. 12 dingers starting in left field, platooning with Travis Jankowski. So Bill at, <laughs> at OBC2 had a series of questions. Some of them make more sense than others. This one is, which guest since the pod began has the worst voice? It's now me. No, I don't know who had the worst voice. I, I hate my own voice. Maybe it's me. Uh, but we'll go with Maybe Phil. I'm just listening. Oh, yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's Phil. Phil. I mean, yeah. Who's been your drunkest guest? <laughs> Bill, you know the answer. It's now me. No. Bill, oh, you, I'll just say, Bill, you know the answer to that. Who's the drunkest guest? <laughs> uh, will the Reds be at least below average defensively? Instead of an abomination that it is. They are going to be well below average since they don't have a shortstop. <laughs> so, yeah, they will be close to a, the abomination level. What do you think in terms of defense? I'd like to point this, or excuse me, use this moment, if you don't mind me taking the platform, mm -hmm. to apologize to every Reds fan that ever hears this. I have the absolute worst luck in the world, and, and I take every Reds loss personally that it was my fault. So I think since I'm going to second shift and I won't be able to watch any of the games, they'll make the playoffs, make the World Series, I'll take off for Game 7, and they will lose in dramatic fashion. Some, yeah, Carlton Fisk will be there also. <laughs> Uh, let's see. He, his last question is, who will have more homers this year? The Punisher, which is Aristides Aquino, or Joey Votto? I am going to go with Joey Votto because I don't think Aquino makes the team out of spring training, and he's probably in Louisville most of the year. Yeah. I mean, for sure. It, it's interesting to see what Aquino's done to his swing this year. He's obviously a lot more closed up. Uh and that seems to be, from what little I've seen out of Prasco Park from last year, that seems to be a lot uh, two full seasons now, or two uh, years. So I think Aquino has more power output, but I think Votto gets more chances. Yeah. And Votto's still got a little bit of power left. Yeah, I think he's switching over to being more of a power hitter. I mean, he's said multiple times how he's being less selective. And so we'll take, instead of a 410 OBP, it'll be a 370 OBP. Well, we'll see what happens, I guess. Woohoo! So yeah, The stadium's going to catch on fire because I've talked about it. So. I mean, that did happen once. You remember when the smokestacks caught on fire in the middle of a game? Oh, shit, yeah, I forgot about that. That was my fault, too. Sorry. See, no, that, no, that was Phil's fault. Oh, yeah, I'll take half of it. <laughs> so that is, that's going to about wrap up this edition of the podcast. Uh, Chris just wanted to say thanks for coming on, and you got any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, if you don't mind, first and foremost, I wanted to say uh, Cincinnati Reds Twitter is quite possibly some of the most fun you can have talking baseball uh, between who uh, that's right. I apologize. I don't know any of your actual names. So between Coop, West Virginia, uh, West Virginia uh, Red Legs now, I believe, uh, and all y'all, I appreciate you. For a guy that lives three hours away, it's nice to feel uh, like I'm welcome amongst the crowd. Um, secondly, uh, Coop, do you follow the Florence Y'alls at all? I do, yes. You do, you do. Well, I actually live in Evansville, your okay. direct rival. Oh, well, there you and go. Yeah, so I want you to know, uh, the next time the y'alls are here in town, I expect your ass to be over here, and I got you a beer, and I'm going to talk a lot of shit. That's a hike, but I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Uh, there's uh, a lot of very interesting things. Uh, I know we haven't touched on it, but there's a ton of stuff going on with minor league baseball. It's all kind of wrapping up now. 
And there's some guys, once again, I've just met through Twitter uh, at Indie Ball Pod. It's the Indie Ball Report. They are awesome guys. And if any of the Cincinnati, be- excuse me, Cincinnati-based listeners over there who also follow the Alls are interested in having more insight into not only the Frontier League, but all of the independent leagues, uh, I, I encourage you to go check them out at IndieBallPod.com and IndieBallReport on Twitter. Well, and the interesting thing about a lot of those indie leagues is that with with the minor leagues basically getting rid of the rookie league teams, and I mean, they got rid of, what, four dozen almost teams? The indie teams... Yeah, it was 120. Yeah, the indie teams are going to have a lot more influx of players that would normally be in the quote-unquote professional you know, minor leagues, but they're going to be an indie ball now because there's just, you know, there's 40, however many less teams that there were. So I'm right. interested to see who, who is going to be in the frontier league and some of these other leagues, like the, was it the Atlantic league? And there's some, there's other big indie leagues, but mm-hmm. I think the level of play in the indie leagues is going to go up because of it. You know, there, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize. And th- honestly, it's a struggle that I have even with people here in my own city is that they don't realize we're running out double A quality baseball. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, but they, they think just because, oh, it's not the White Sox affiliate or whoever it may be that it's lower quality. But, and I completely agree, is that, there are so many more spots now. Also, the, the indie leagues have almost doubled this year. Mm-hmm. With or excuse me, each league has added two teams. But there's a lot of excellent quality baseball happening that isn't a direct affiliation. And uh, I personally just live in where I live. You know, my city five years before I was or three years before I was born was a Triple A city. Didn't have baseball for twenty years. Then the or excuse me, 10 years, then the Otters came in. And I feel like it's still taken for granted. And especially people, like I said, that they're in the Cincinnati area, I encourage you to go out and see the Florence Y'alls. It's a great time. It's cheap. Uh, Coop, you can attest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's high-quality baseball. And they yeah. got cheap beer. Uh, I, I don't know if you've realized this through me stammering through this podcast. I like cheap beer. Hey, <laughs> if it's cold... <laughs> It's it's good. But yeah, <laughs> Florence, uh, I mean, they're right off 75 there in Florence. Come on down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with the with the rebrand, it's the Florence Shaw's the uh I think the mascot's actually the water tower. It now. is. It's hilarious. There's a bobble <laughs> there's a bobblehead of the water tower that you can get. It's hilarious. It's awesome. It's so, awesome. So, no, Flor- so I, I appreciate you. So oh, Flor- Florence Yells for the free publicity. I mean, if you want to send me a free hat. Just uh, hit me up in my DMs because that would be great. I'm publicity is cheap here at Hunt for Reds October. It just costs you hats. Hey, I don't even work at the uh, Hunt for Reds October, but if you, you wanted to pay the otters to give me another hat, I there would you take go. it. Evansville <laughs> otters, more free pub right there. Send Chris a hat. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> my final thoughts first, I want to give a shout out to Ram at Uncle Ram. Uh, shout out to the Cincy Sports Gallery for sponsoring the podcast go there i saw that they this was a while back but i think they did have a couple of those florence y'all bobbleheads they probably Ooh. sold them quick because they're awesome i wish i had one callie let's hit it up um but yeah um hope everybody is still staying safe from covid hopefully we're turning the corner everybody get vaccinated so that we can all get back to baseball at 100 percent as soon as possible um Everybody's sick of COVID, me included. Let's get past it mm-hmm. and let's get back to some sense of normalcy as soon as possible. Put your, put your damn mask on. Put your mask on. The Reds are going to allow 30% attendance to start the season. Um, so, Reds, if you want to, you know, hook me up with something there, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no. I mean, if there was a toilet that you could see the field from, that would be I'm just almost saying, perfect. It's already in a box. You're isolated. I'm just saying there should be my own personal toilet. We've talked about that I'm just, before. 
<laughs> oh, I know. I'm I'm envisioning three walls of concrete and one plexiglass. I'm thinking <laughs> like it doesn't have to be like on the main level because I know the concourse. You got to get all your stuff in there on the main concourse. That's fine. You want to even put it up like in the top like corner back behind like the 500 level somewhere. I'm fine with that. I'll walk. Just give me my own little personal space so that I can, if I have to do my business, you know, I'll try not to because I don't want to really miss the game. But if I have to Coop, do my business, Coop. yeah. Why are you selling yourself short? You are a Cincinnati icon. You deserve <laughs> to sit that. upon a probably needs to be clean toilet it's with clean, everybody yes. seeing it. Tell me that you sitting on a toilet on the first level isn't going to sell 5,000 more tickets to every game. It's true. I mean, I do have tens of people that listen to this, so... <laughs> I I don't think the Reds have anybody that listen. Hey, the game ended in oh, a 4-4 tie. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody from the Reds listen. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. But the Y'alls and the Otters, let's get let's do the free hat situation, if you, if anybody hears oh, yeah. us from your organizations. And, and if anybody else hears us talking about this and has a strong feeling for the Florence Y'alls, and needs to be berated on Twitter. Hit me up. There you go. Give your give your Twitter handle so everybody knows where to find you, Chris. Uh, my Twitter handle is I have no idea. It's the auto generated. Just go to Coops and find me, or don't. It'll yeah, be fine. I'll tweet it out later. Uh, That's even better. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not following me, then what the hell? Either me exactly or the uh, podcast account. Um, so Chris, Chris was one of the winners and I'll use that term loosely. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, of the contest that we had to say, Hey, who wants to be a guest on the podcast? And Chris schedule worked out for tonight. We've got four more that we're going to, four more people that are going to be on. I'm still working on schedules with them and, uh, you'll hear them in the coming weeks, probably have just one or two at a time so that. Um, people can get acclimated to the wonderful world of the Hunt for Reds October podcast. That's a joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. I had my mic muted. Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so for Chris, uh, this is Coop and saying we will talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, where the river winds. Across the Mason and the Dixon Line